swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's horse. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit a game in English, control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Uh, also, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and pop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. AMC, how you living? Living well, living good. Don't have much to say here because it was pretty much rinse and repeat from what happened last week, which is just playing one video game. And that was literally all I did. I had I had some ribs yesterday. That was nice. Took the kids on the walk today. Got that going on. Maintaining the workout, watching wrestling. <clears throat> Got money in the bank coming up for... Uh, WWE, so that's, that's gonna be big. It's gonna be big time. It's gonna be in the UK. You got so, Theo in the in the wrestling yet? Coming off the top rope, I've got him into wrestling, but not watching it. So uh, I'm, I'm easing him in. Okay, <laughs> getting there. But uh, how, how you been? How, how's your week been, Adam? I am. I'm living well. This time for real, I have gotten back into the workout routine. I'm getting getting used to putting on my clothes. Getting my stuff, going to the park, doing my thing, coming back, doing some stuff at the house, you know, feeling it, feeling the body reactivating, tightening back up, getting back into in the in the prime shape, prime performance. Still gotta cut this gristle off over time. So that's gonna be annoying, but just feeling stronger and more balanced, you know, you can you can never go wrong with that. It's a little disheartening exactly how much I've fallen off. Because, like, I think uh, a few days ago, I think Thursday, I was trying to do jump rope, felt something in the back of my leg. I was like, oh, let me just get through this, through this section, <laughs> and I'll be good. <laughs> did that, walked home, came back, did, tried to do my uh, lower body kettlebell workout. Got, like, halfway through that. I was like, no, nope, got to stop. And then, let me see. Upper body workout, I haven't really hit a roadblock there. It was just I was pressed for time one night, and I couldn't finish it still able to pump out my pull-ups and my dips although when i get to the end of those last sets like it's it's discouraging but i push through it uh haven't started running yet i know that running and jump rope are going to be the keys to success here uh jump rope i went from doing one little three minute session to or, or section i should say to doing two three minute sections so i feel like once I get back to doing four and then it getting easy, then everything else should come together. You know, a few more kettlebell workouts. I should be able to get to the end of those under control, 
And it, it just feels good to feel that burn again. Like I, I stretched for the first time in a few months and just my legs felt like wooden planks. It was just like, ah, ah I needed this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Coming back to that, uh, made a quick run earlier today. So we, we started a little late, but I had to I had to do something about my plants. They they weren't looking good. I was like, oh, man. So I looked up some stuff, saw that I needed to like have them repotted every year and you know, but just something didn't feel right. So I went to the nursery, talked to them, explained the situation. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're underwatered. And I'm just like, I picked the plants that you have to water the least, and I still didn't water them enough. Like, that's just <laughs> that's just <laughs> discouraging as a as a burgeoning plant dad. But, you know, got them repotted, got the information and, you know, going to try to take better care of them. Also bought a snake plant. So now I got a plant in the bedroom. And you know, just sizing up other other species I might want to add to my ecosystem. So you know, just trying to be better at that. And yeah, that's about it for me. Well, what you been gaming on, Ada? Oh, you know what I've been gaming on. Uh, East Engle been bringing me back into the fold. Been getting some of that Overwatch season yes. five going. Dude, it's just I don't I don't want to speak too outlandishly. However. It's either got to be that the algorithm got some kind of decay in it or something and it's just pairing us up with, high, uh, in a word, lesser skilled individuals or not pairing us up with, pairing us up against lesser skilled individuals or just maybe they found a way to get all the cheats out and now that everybody's got to play honestly <laughs> and everybody playing honest or something. But it, it it was like riding a bike. Man. It's We had a maybe a loss or two, but the winds just kept coming. I had to pull the deep out on the situation. I, I just thought to myself, you know what? This looks like a deep game. Pulled her out, 37 kills, <laughs> nothing special. <laughs> Knocking that out. Zarya doing amazing. Um, Orissa still handling business. It was just funny, you know, playing with each single. He's like, oh, this team's pretty good. Oh, they're playing their positions. And then we just steamroll. And I'm like, yeah, they were, they were pretty good, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it was nice. Didn't didn't see any outright cheating or just shenanigans or chicanery going on. <laughs> so that was that was a bonus. And then, of course, I've been playing the brakes off of Diablo Four like it ain't nothing, man. It's it, when I wake up if I have an extra moment, just like all right, let me get some dungeons in. Lunch break coming, all right, let me get some dungeons in. <laughs> get home. Let me get some dungeons in. Go work out. Come back. Let me get some dungeons in. Work out a little bit more. Let me get some dungeons in. <laughs> every, every moment I could spare, I'm getting dungeons in. I'm coming up on 200 hours in this game. I've been playing the same character. Um, I'm a little over level 85 at this point. I really want to push her to 100 before we get to season in the middle of next month. It shouldn't be. I hope it's not a problem. But I'm, I'm fast approaching a point where the gear I have just just isn't quite enough. So I'm going to need need more powerful stuff. So grinding, running into them hell tides, running into those nightmare dungeons, upgrading my glyphs, added a new paragon board to my, to my build, filling that in. By the time I get to the real meaningful nodes, like the, the glyph node or rare node, I should probably have this other rare node or rare glyph upgraded maximum radius 
then I can start getting the abilities from the nodes around it. So it's gonna it's gonna be pretty good. Um, I'm looking up. I know there's just more power I can keep squeezing. I got another legendary glyph node to look forward to. I know I'm butchering all these terms and references, but if you know, you know. That's how we do with that. Uh, just enjoying the events, soaking in all the the nuances and just that gameplay never gets tired. Those visual effects never get tired. It's just gorgeous in every direction. It's action everywhere. You can see things off in the distance and be like, you know what? I'm going to work my way down there. Go do that. Oh, there's that. Something I did do was I, I looked up some maps that have the locations of all the, the Lilith altars and made sure that I got all those before season because they did a... They did a discussion, I think it was a, a campfire chat with the whole Diablo team. And they were talking about how not all of your renown is going to carry over for the season. Things like uh, areas you discovered on the map and all the Lilith altars, those will be what carry what carries over to the seasonal characters. So I was like, okay, well, let me lock all those down because there's no way I'm going to scour this entire map myself trying to find all these Lilith altars on my own like granted that'd be the honorable and honest thing to do but i really don't give a shit i just want my bonuses sorry for cussing i'll keep that to a minimum <laughs> and yeah got all those ulcers went back to the nightmare dungeons upgrading my glyphs uh leveling up my character going into the hell tide getting my resources getting my high level gear getting those mystery chests it's all about the mystery chest. We'll, we'll talk about that when AMC gets to the hell tide. Anytime oh, AMC and the hell tide will be unstoppable. <laughs> it's so good. And that's that's all I need. It's like one person I enjoy playing video games with. So it's like, let's go get up in this hell tide. <laughs> Look, looking for the mystery chest, then farming all the resources, coming back, just getting a pile of legendaries. Oh, it's Dude, when you open that mystery chest for the first time, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Oh, I can't wait. Well, yeah, man. Diablo just continues to be a a cornerstone of my day to day life, and I imagine that's going to continue to be the situation going on into the foreseeable future until we get to about August, when some of the other dream games that I've been waiting on begin coming out. We're gonna have Armor Core Six in the month of August, and then we're gonna have Starfield Early Access. September first, so pumps. But I'm AMC, say, the date just got pushed up. <laughs> the early access, dude, and people are online hating on on the early access. Like if they're just if they're gonna charge people to play it early, why don't they just put it out on the early access date? It's already ready. And I'm like, well, if you're gonna complain, then complain all the way. Like it goes gold two months before it releases, why don't they just put the digital version of the, the day it goes gold? It's like they set these dates because that's when it comes out. That's what it is. Early access, they're not charging people for early access. It's just an additional incentive to get the the deluxe editions and the collector's editions, which your boy has pre-ordered will be picking up September 1st, will be playing it September 1st. Did the same thing for the Horizon 5, pre-ordered that, got some early access. It was nice to do that. But hey, this isn't this isn't a competitive game. They're not going to put my name on a statue. So it shouldn't matter if I get the early access or not. 
<laughs> so yeah, let's kind of ease up on Blizzard and let's ease up on early access in general. Like it's it's something else to get a game in our hands sooner for the people who wish to pay that money and support the developer for their efforts. So if you don't like it, you can wait until the official release or you can buy it and play it early if you want to. Other than that, chill out. AMC, what have you been playing? They're just taking advantage of our FOMO. Uh, mm. uh, Real uh, big on FOMO <laughs> in the past like two months. Yeah. All because of Diablo. I mean, a lot about FOMO. Um, and, and I mean, it's going to be the, um, especially at least for Xbox moving forward, that seems to be what they're, how they're going to be handling their releases is you get it on Game Pass day and date, but we're going to have this little extra. <laughs> yeah. You want to play Forza a little earlier? You can get a little, get a little extra on top of that? Mm, you might have to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, but FOMO, that's, that's a you problem. That's yeah. not a them problem. If you're the one who feels like you're missing out on something, that's on you. Maybe you should look within and evaluate that. But yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna step on your time right now. I gotta. I gotta be part of the. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So <laughs> as far as as far as I go, I've been playing one game, one game only, and that is Star, <laughs> Star, Star, Doom Valley, Valley, Valley. Um. Yeah. It's literally all I've been playing. Marissa is hooked. It's it's awesome in a way. Just. It's a new level. Like I thought, like I Damn. had taken my meticulousness, like to like certain heights. When you know, I'm breaking out the phone. I got the notes, and I'm writing notes down, and uh, that I can refer to as I'm playing a game. Um, but she literally has like a, she has hard copy. She has a sheet of paper. She's literally drawn out. Like she's like, oh yeah, during like while the kids are napping, I drew out a map of our entire farm and kind of like where we should put like the kegs and in, in the, the preserve jars and <laughs> wow. where, where we're going to set up our orchards and blah, blah, blah. And it's like literally like two scale <laughs> page of the, I guess script of the map. She also has like pages on like, kind of like what, like, um, so the the big thing in this game, at least to start it off, is you have the community center. You got to build up the community center because it's like the center of the town. It's what when when the town was thriving, the community center was thriving. And so when you first show up, the community center is just you know it's been reclaimed by the environment. And so you're now performing all these tasks to then um, you know bring life back to it. Uh, and so yeah, um, so she just has like charts and charts on what we need to complete certain uh objectives with the community center uh what items that we need to hold on to from the harvest uh what items we need to get from like caves or from uh panning <laughs> or from fishing uh it's, it's awesome and so yeah she's all about oh, it. you can pan you can panhandle oh yeah eventually you get that you get that option <laughs> wow yeah and so uh, that's amazing yeah, it just has everything. And then on top of that, there's just like all these different areas. So we're in year two now. Um, and we just got to the point now where we have a we have a greenhouse. And so the way the game works is when you're first introduced to it, obviously there are the different seasons of the year. And only crop only certain crops can be can be uh, planted and harvested during uh, certain times of the year. And so we eventually we got we did enough in the green in the um community center where we now have a greenhouse, which is awesome because now the greenhouse 
we can plant stuff year round. So like, because it's in a greenhouse, so it doesn't matter. Um, yes. <laughs> so we just, we just took that. We got the, we got the barn going with the chicken coops. We got our livestock game going on and it's great because, you know, it's, it's Stardew Valley. There's all types of, you know, just mysteries and hidden stuff within the game. So spoilers for a very old game, but it's pretty dope. We got the chicken coop and one night, like, uh, you just see a witch flying over our farm and then she lands over the or not lands but she hovers over the chicken coop and then kind of like sprinkles some like you know witchcraft on the on the coop and it flies away next day we wake up and there's a void egg in there and um so, and so what we learned is that the chicken coop comes with an incubator so we could actually take that void egg put it inside the incubator and then get a void chicken <laughs> and who knows Ooh. what that means but I'm, I'm assuming that the void chicken um fetches like a pretty penny for the eggs that they produce um which would be awesome because you can take the eggs you can make a mayonnaise with it you can cook with it um or you can give it as a gift even if you want to do that and then, or you can just straight up sell it or you could use that egg and you can then breed other chickens so i could breed another void chicken with that with uh, eggs produced by the void chicken so it's absolutely awesome the game is great it's uh it's great because marissa is heavily into it like i would already be enjoying it single player but you know how it is i i love like my thing in life has always been about co-op and finding as you mentioned the right like co-op partners to play with and so um obviously when it comes to the hardcore gaming that's that's when i gotta fall on a dub to bring it but when it comes to like you know these fun games that you know doesn't require somebody to play video games all the time but at least to have an understanding of how games work in systems that's where like Mar marissa like shines she's all about like systems and starting valley is everything about systems when it comes to yes. the different aspects of the farms and in just different areas of the town and it's great because now we're in year two so we have um a healthy supply of cash um yes. on hand so we can really <laughs> infinite say, well <laughs> yeah yeah it's just we got so many different sources of income from around the farm that like we're or we're, we're, we're to the point now where we'd be able to get through winter without needing any crops and still making a ton of money it's that it's wow. that great wow yeah. no crops yeah, because we got the we got the livestock, we got the we got the preserve jars, we we have kegs, so now we can make wine in in pale ales. I literally have like I'm, yeah, I've become a you yeah got a yeah we have a brewery yeah. <laughs> so that, that was our. I'd be thing. making I'd be making nothing but IPA. <laughs> oh, I know yeah, that's the best. Yeah, we got our we got our hops. Um, we're, we're we're making hops, so then we put that in the keg. The keg pumps out the pale ale. We could sell that. Yeah, it's awesome. And it only took awesome. you one year to make that transition. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like it's it's great, man. I was I've been watching um I think it's Sakurai, uh the guy who made um Smash Brothers, but it was a long time ago. He had like announced in one of the Nintendo Directs that he was gonna have a or maybe Smash Directs, that he was gonna start his own YouTube channel for like game developers, and it's just like full of videos and he's consistently putting out new stuff and it's just about like concepts of like just different aspects of games and one of the things is he was talking about like kind of like as far as like pacing in a game and it's like it should feel like climbing a mountain in that but like um not in a sense of where you're constantly climbing like it's like each each part where you're like you hit like a steep incline that's like going up against a boss or like a heavy objective um like the stress of the game and then there should also be like plateaus where you get to sit enjoy the view yada, yada yada and then and then you hit that next like big climb and like a trail leading to jagged rocks or a rock face 
exactly exactly like, to another trail yeah he's like if you think about like when you, you climb a mountain it's a lot of like walking and then you might do some climbing and then there's like some more walking like it's not just immediately you get to you just look up and then you're, not, you're just free or is it like free climbing or whatever like that movie yeah, the whole way yeah yeah no it's like it's it's more of like a hike and there's gonna be inclines and then there's gonna be like parts where it levels off and you can like and during those moments you can really enjoy your progress and um and then just prepare for the next objective and that's like where i'm at in like stardew valley where it's like that whole first year was just building up the farm learning about the game getting the supplies getting the resources and now that i've amassed like a good amount of resources i can now really start focusing on building up the farm and then a lot of the uh the stuff around the neighborhood as far as like building relationships and exploring different areas of the map and so um yeah it's it's great year two it's still like there's just still a lot unfolding um we've seen uh, at least some some spoilery stuff where like it's like there are events that happen in year three so there's incentive to just keep going with the game like we haven't we're not at a point where if we were able to like i don't know kind of like speed through things like fast track our way to certain resources regardless you're still gonna have to put in those days to get to certain points where like certain events will happen which is awesome mm -hmm. so there's just a, there's a heavy incentive to continue playing the game as opposed to just completing the community center and calling it a day uh what's so, the next pivot for your business so right now um so i what i've read is or what i've gotten a hold of is so there's two things i got to the end of the uh the mines so there's different levels to the mine and just as, as Marissa was doing a lot of the fishing, I was doing a lot of the mine work, which is collecting like a lot of ore, but then you're also fighting your way to the bottom. And it's great because it's like, there's a leveling systems with like the different um, aspects of uh, the different objectives that you handle throughout the day. So with the mining, it's like, I'm building up my mining perks, but then also because I'm fighting, I get combat perks on top of that, which is awesome. So I got to the very bottom of the mine, which gave me a skull key and mm -hmm. we, as we were fixing up the community center, we um, repaired the bus and then one of the NPCs um, became the bus driver. And so that gave us access to a new area of the map. Um, and within that area, that's that's where we use the skull key. Um, so now I'm going to go there and see what that's all about. But then we also learned that there is like a skull cavern. And that one has its own levels and it's supposed to be super difficult. And in there, there's like treasure troves. Um, and so there are certain things that we haven't gotten yet that I, that I think are locked inside of there. And yeah, as far as like the next step, as far as like the farm business. So we just got a fishing pond. And one of the things that we learned that we could do is in the, in the fishing pond, it's like, well, it's not even a fishing pond. It's called a fishing pond, but it's really like uh, more about like, um, I guess, uh fish farming and so we can drop like we dropped a super sea cucumber in there which is like a huge sea cu cucumber and in there it they sounds can, like it yeah and in there they can multiply up to three and then once you get three then they start producing um different resources so with the sea the reason why we did the sea cucumber is because somehow like one of the hidden things is that if you put the sea cucumber in the in the uh, fishing pond it will produce iridium iridium ore which is like a super rare ore that we need to um, really start uh, building a lot of the advanced equipment but then on top of that you put fish in the fish pond certain can uh, they'll produce row and so you can then take that row and you can make aged row and if you get a certain fish in the pond and you take that row you can make caviar <laughs> and so uh and then with the caviar it's like obviously worth like a lot more money than the the regular row of course yeah and so uh it's great though it's like yeah so we're gonna build up that part of the farm so it's, it's now about the uh 
the the building up the i guess the the factory farm fishing or i don't even know what they call that when they raise fish on a farm but yeah we got to build up that aspect of the game now so that's that's where we're pivoting now towards um so that's wow. absolutely awesome <laughs> that's amazing and i i see pictures and videos of the game and i'm like like i i see what it's doing i just don't know if it's for me yet <laughs> yeah that, that's how like, i want to get into it <laughs> yeah that's how it was for me like when i would see it i'd be like it looks awesome i'm hearing all these incredible things about the game and yet like there's something that like you know it's just like would i sit down and play this game honestly but then just knowing that like marissa's the type of person like it's like from what i saw it was a great co-op game once they added in the multiplayer and then once they added in the couch co-op then i was like all right now this game is tailor-made for this situation which is girlfriend game <laughs> and so once How i got the that couch co-op work uh you set up a you so you have the main house and then you set up like a, a little farmhouse and that's where you have a farmhand and usually that that's an npc but you can set it up so that another player is that farmhand so like marissa created herself she got that place and in the game though you can marry anybody but you have to get like the wedding ring recipe. You have to do like some courting, and so um, basically we're get, we're working our way up to the point where I can propose to Marissa, and then she'll move into the big house. <laughs> and then, yes. uh, and then we're gonna, the big house. Yeah. Let's let's get you from out back, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Exactly. We, let, let's show you off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then we'll eventually convert her house into like a you know into like a a distillery or something like that. Where we're gonna put like a lot of the the preserves or the keg jars in. But um, like, how does how does that work on the television? Uh, oh, it's split screen. Uh, so it's um it splits like horizontally, and so she can go oh, wherever she cool. wants, and I can go wherever I want. And then so that's why we can like she can focus on you know fishing. Whereas I'll be focused on like mining a lot of the time. Um, and then like she'll like like one person will go into town to buy all the seeds while the other person is harvesting. And she's been like really taking it. She's loves doing the whole uh livestock uh portion of the game, which is going in, you know, uh getting milk milking the cow, the goat, taking that milk, producing some cheese. Go in and uh and you have to like interact with like the animals as far as like you know you just click on them and like a little heart appears but the uh Aww. the better relationship <laughs> that you have with your animals the higher quality like eggs and like sometimes they'll produce like a, a super large egg um and things like that and so you have to build ostrich. Like, yeah yeah there, there is an ostrich you can get a huge ostrich egg too on top of that um and so yeah like uh building a rapport with your livestock produces better like quality goods and she like she loves that part of the game and it's great because you like let them out of the barn you, you set up like some uh grass so they can go and graze and um you have to make sure though that like uh that you close the barn at night or like one could get out or like you know an animal can get into it and takes them out so it's like you really like you're you have to really pay attention to the day night cycle and if you hit like 2 a.m your character will just pass out where they are so <laughs> you have to keep that all in mind like it's like i'll be in a mine and it's like 1 a.m it's like shit 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 and i'm just running back i got i got a mount now so i can ride the horse <laughs> it's great yeah yeah now yeah. Do, you, do you do animal husbandry um as far as what like uh mating them and reproducing offspring. oh yeah yeah you can you can uh reproduce animals in the barn so that is another Damn. thing you and animal gonna, husbandry said yeah I think the <laughs> only so thing, yeah the only thing you can't do in the game is um like uh you know slaughter animals <laughs> and so like you know like raise a pig 
and then slaughter it for bacon and then sell the bacon. Like it, they don't have slaughtering. You can only sell off your, your livestock. Yeah. So, and they do, they do the slaughtering behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then finished goods come out. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I got all this glue all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's absolutely awesome. I love the game. There's so many, as I said, systems on systems on systems in a way that is very addictive and just the perfect gameplay cycle. And, you know, a game, you know, it's, it's a testament to those style of games because you see those games and a lot of times you're like, oh, there's not really any combat. Like, where's the game? And then you just, if you allow yourself to like look at like every aspect of it, that's where you see like, oh, like there's still challenges. There's still, you know, parts of stress and um, challenge to it. And then there's like, you know, and then there's other times where it's like, you're kind of just, you're, you're farming shit. And that's literally what you do in any other game. Like there's times where you come up against like a really like big boss battle. And then there's other times you're taking out little hordes of enemies and getting stronger. And then you're developing to the next big challenge. And it's like, it just follows that same loop just from the aspect of raising a farm and, you know, establishing yourself around a town um and it's yeah it's absolutely awesome i love the game but a dumb uh, you're selling me on it pretty well oh yeah yeah it's uh it's it's everything <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get into these topics of the week top topics, topics of, the of the week, week. so there was a there was a direct, but do, is there any story that you would like to get to before we get to the the, the Nintendo Direct? I mean, mine are like more quick hit territory. Okay, and then like we, th- there's still a lot to discuss from the showcases. Yeah, just yeah. Our, our feelings and, and thoughts on stuff because I, I feel like we didn't give proper justice to Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I just I just want to talk about that game. Like so many ideas, <laughs> so many things I noticed. But you know, the, the there are more pressing matters this week, and yeah, mine mine are like quick hits. So if you okay. want to just jump to the main thing, or if you've got something that you want to cover, yeah, we beforehand. could we could do we could do the main thing because that's pretty much all I pulled for, <laughs> and then we could get those quick hits, and I think that'll be perfect. So because this this Nintendo Direct isn't going to be nearly as long of a discussion as the um, that Microsoft one was just jam packed. So I was like, like we did. It was like, too much to discuss, and it was you know Father's Day, so yeah, like we so did, much sensible. Yeah, we did an hour and a half, and like we we could have easily done a lot more, and so. But this one, this one, um, there's definitely like the big announcements that we could just hit up. But um, yeah, do you want to just do you want to do back and forth? How do you? Um, is there anything that caught your eye? Um, anything coming? Well, let let the people know what it is we'll be discussing. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we have we have a couple things that came out i mean things that you know we'll we can just start with detective pikachu adub <laughs> because you know it's not a game that i've ever played but there is something you know obvious obvious to discuss but i went to the verge got got a little write down for the game and then we will get into it but S- detective pikachu returns the quirky but well-loved pokemon adventure game that had a plot very similar to a James Bond flick is getting a sequel. Detective Pikachu returns. <laughs> um, Tim Goodman and his coffee-loving hat aficionado friend Pikachu are teaming up once again to solve the mysteries of Rhyme City. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. Maybe if this one does well, we'll get a sequel to the live-action Detective Pikachu movie. Detective Pikachu returns. Oh, that was a great movie. Launches on October sixth. Yes. Um. Yeah. Let's get into that. So you, you watched the Detective Pikachu movie. What did you think? Yeah, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was a proper adaptation of 
like the Pokemon universe to live action. Like all the creatures were given they're just due to show off their harmony with nature and their they're like how they interact with one another. Like it it felt like they were alive. And Detective Pikachu was hilarious. So did, I did, highly, highly recommend. So did after seeing, you know, this this trailer of Detective Pikachu Returns, did the Pikachu movie have as sultry of a voice? <laughs> I don't quite remember. Oh, okay. Detective Pikachu in this game, yes. <laughs> the sexiest voice I've heard in voice acting. <laughs> and it's hilarious because it's coming out of a little shock rat. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like grown, grown, grown ass Pikachu in this game. <laughs> yeah. Ash is long past <laughs> Pikachu. I'm too old for this Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. Like, really. <laughs> Like Pikachu is the, uh, you know, like in in those movies, it's like uh, what's it like? As you mentioned, like Riggs, or it's like there's always like the or the Keanu Reeves oh, and right. Point Break, where it's it's the young hotshot, and then you got the, the grizzled, the grizzled vet that's like trying to like you, know, like you need to learn about how it really is. <laughs> Colors with a uh, what's it called with a uh, Sean Penn and yeah, Willem Dafoe, not Willem Dafoe, but the other guy. Um, Almost always about like a couple of weeks away from retirement, and this yeah. is their last case. <laughs> And so it's funny to see like Pikachu is like the grizzled vet that's gonna like no nah, I'm gonna teach you I'm gonna learn you because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to like that that Pika Pika like high pitch voice yeah uh, I'm, I'm having it uh, what did you think about this trailer stuff <laughs> I didn't learn a single thing about the game because yeah. I was just so taken with that, <laughs> that voice acting <laughs> it was like I have no idea what the game is about, what the gameplay is about. I, I'm gonna go back and rewatch it because it's an interesting concept. I've always been interested in those like detective or attorney games. Like Ace Attorney has always interested me, especially since people have very positive things to say about it. I also just love the style when they, they hit that objection, <laughs> that finger pointing all the way across the screen. So mm. dynamic. Objection. Objection. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. I'm sorry. I, w- I wish I had something to add about Detective Pikachu, but I mean, it was all it it, was the, it's the cute. Voice. Like it's if it's that captivating, just on those elements that have nothing to do with the game itself, then I think it might be on the right track. Yeah. Um, well, the next game that I was looking at that we could hit too. This was a a quick glimpse, but I'm, I'm curious to see what you thought of this. This is. As far as we know, no game title at this point, but it's called, I, I guess it's called Peaches. <laughs> no, no, that's right. This is what this article says. It's called Peaches, but the game is called, it's it's a Peach video game as far as we know, but there's no name for it. We don't know much about it, but Nintendo has confirmed that a new game starring Princess Peach will be launching on the Switch sometime next year. And it says Jack Black must be very happy. That's why they wrote yes. Peaches. Um, so yeah, uh, this was, it was a quick glimpse it was like uh hey just just letting you know we're working on a peach game from what we saw it looks like you're kind of working through like a play as you're you're moving through it in a i want to say it was like 3d but it had like a two like a side scrolling like gameplay perspective but mm-hmm. you're you're moving back and forth so it's like i would say it's a little more than 2.5d but we'll just say 3d side scrolling and um you're moving around there's there's characters throughout the world, but you're not necessarily fighting them. So they're kind of like set pieces um, that are working along the play. And as you're going through it, it looked like uh, P- 
Peach is, um, you know, using her magic or whatever to adjust the set, the set design and things like that, and while also battling enemies. So it, it seemed very theatrical. And that was kind of the uh, at least the the theme of the game. But that was all we saw. But Ada, what do you think about this um, the potential or, you know, the announcement that we'd be getting a game starring Peach? I very much am excited about it. Like, not excited to the point where, like, all right, I'm getting the Switch now. Yeah. <laughs> but excited to the point where, like, you know, Peach is a, an equal contributing member to the Super Mario gang. Like, she was a cool player, cool character to play as in Super Mario Bros. 2 when she had the glide. <laughs> I was yes. all about that. Yeah. But it, I, was, I was all about that super jump with Luigi. However, like, Peach has been around. It's about time she gets her due and gets her time in the spotlight. They have come up with an idea that looks uniquely Peach. So I imagine it's going to have all kinds of interesting gameplay mechanics and interactions with the world around her. Uh, looking forward to seeing more about it. It It's about time. It's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, because we've seen, we obviously have gotten a ton of Mario games. Um, you know, when we first were introduced to Peach, she was just the lady in the in the castle, mm -hmm. <laughs> like we, yeah, nothing we could do about it until we got the there. damsel in distress. Yeah, and then like over time, she's gotten you know stronger and stronger, as you mentioned, the glide, and you know she's become more and more of a badass. And if you watch the Mario movie, she was a complete badass character. So I've, I've been loving the uh, evolution of Peach, and um, with this, yeah, we've. We've gotten Mario games, we've gotten Luigi games, we've gotten Toad games, and so yeah, it's I think it's due about time for a character that's been around from the beginning um, to finally have Peach star in you know her own game. That'd be very awesome, and the aesthetic of this game looked absolutely awesome. So I can't wait to hear more about it. But as I said, it was more of a of a tease. But one thing I will say, commend them on is we got to see gameplay. So it wasn't just you know a title screen or you know just some CG. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but uh, yeah, we got to see a little bit of gameplay, so we know it's a thing. Um, and so yeah, looking forward to that. The next yeah, game it's, is it's interesting. Like Peach went from damsel in distress to a playable character in the course of one game, uh, or or two games, or whatever. Say whatever you want to say. It's. It, I also find it interesting. Like they're making up Mario characters and giving them games. Like Wario got multiple franchises. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got one Peach game until now. So it, another observation. Then this is the last of the observations on this on this topic. Uh, her game is presented like a play. So is Path of the Goddess. So it's interesting, like play style action games. I don't know new genre. New it might genre be, it might be. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of like right when. Um, was it like Sekiro? Like within months, was it uh, the uh, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, Fallen Order comes back. Yeah, and then now like we're just seeing more games with like stagger mechanics, and it's just like one of those things. It's like oh, a hive. It's so like good. the video game industry can be like a hive mind at times, where it's like even if they they're not sharing stuff, they're thinking the same. Like they're all mm -hmm. thinking, they're all seeing the natural progression, <laughs> and yeah, that might that might be it. A dub, we might see. You know, yeah, that might be it. That's all I'll say. I mean, we saw that game that I wasn't going to discuss, but we saw that that kind of that overcooked, moving out, but from the yes. perspective of being I a auto mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need that. Just it, like I wouldn't even want to beat that. There's just certain levels where it's like, oh, I like putting this car together. I like putting this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're gonna build this car all day yeah like that was that was like definitely a highlight like just a, a surprise game hopefully third party i mean a you know multi-platform game mm-hmm. but if not be picking it up on switch um because I, I would love to hear about A-Dub getting it, maybe roll through, play it <laughs> on, on the place. I'm sure E-Single would get it and like try to bring it over here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I looked absolutely awesome. You mentioned it. Let's get right into it. Wario, Wario got a game. So WarioWare moved. Got another game. Uh, let's see, from The Verge. Not to be outdone by the news that Mario's getting a... Well, we'll, we'll get into that. But Mario's yes. getting a remake of a beloved game and totally brand new one. Mario's Tether. Wario is also getting a new game just for him. WarioWare, move it. Play a variety of micro games with up to three friends online or two players local co-op. Move it, move it silly but lightning quick mini games make it perfect for people to enjoy Mario Party but don't have the time because they have adult responsibilities. I don't have time to play video games. Uh, yeah. I respect them a ton. Um, like I mean, jobs, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, uh, adult responsibilities like jobs and mortgages. Um, WarioWare Move <laughs> It launches November third with pre-orders opening today day day so yeah i mean um game look absolutely awesome there's been warrior wares in the past as mentioned ton of mini games and, and as you noted you were noting um just you know the the your affection for for mini games uh speak on yeah. that as you're watching this yeah so i'm, I'm watching this like it, it's a game comprised of mini games <laughs> and they all look cool they all look fun original it's just entertaining and i was thinking to myself like what like what's going on with mini games? They're not really in as many games, no pun intended, as they used to be in the past. It's just like I I still find it I still find it very like uh, encouraging and reassuring that at least there's this genre of games like this. Uh, there's also another game that we'll talk about that they showed off in the showcase, which is driven primarily on mini games. But I'm just glad there's a genre for these collections of mini games. I mean, Wario have 200. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I Like, damn, is that the Switch game that gets me? I can just sit here playing random games all day long. <laughs> like, is this the kind of game that people talk about when they're like, oh, all games are repetitive. You just do the same thing. Game loop is so boring. It's like, okay, so what? You playing WarioWare? That's your game of the generation yeah <laughs> so you know not to not to say that in a tone to belittle or try to knock down warrior wear but i'm just saying like this is the only alternative it, the entire purpose of the game is to be repetitive and to have a loop that hooks people in that they enjoy playing so if you don't enjoy playing it that's fine but oh, it's so boring it's like it's a game dude <laughs> unless you want to play a bunch of mini games that's your only other option uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like it looked dope. Um, I, I even like just the aspect of uh, move it, the the focus on you know using the Joy Cons and actually having to play through the mini games. <laughs> having to move. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, and it like it looked silly, which was like exactly what this game is all about. And what I like too is that because of the short nature, the uh, the quick nature of the the mini games, it's not like you're doing anything for too long. So like you see the character who's like crab walking, <laughs> then, yeah. like, shaking your arms, <laughs> shaking legs. Your legs. yeah, <laughs> like, it was like all that stuff. You're, like you're wiggling, jiggling. Um, it was great, and so I could see that being fun because it's like you're just gonna be going through all these different motions while playing the game. It's a perfect like party style of game, and as I said, 
looks like it's it's made for multiplayer because you can play with three people online or you can play local couch or local uh, co-op with two players so it seems like a game that's more focused on you know having fun with the homies but then yeah if you're just like just chilling you're like i got like 10 minutes i want to play 100 mini games in that in those 10 minutes well now yeah. you got wario wear movement to fill to scratch that itch yes at long last <laughs> yeah long last. uh game i saw yes oh my that i might be getting like Really took me by surprise. This was actually leaked a few days before the mm. direct, but we're getting Star Ocean, the second story. R R. It's only one R, not multiple R's, and it's not George R. R. Martin. But yes, uh, from IGN, they're saying Star Ocean, the second story, was first released on PlayStation in 1998, the good old days. Today's Nintendo Direct confirmed a remake will be arriving on November 3rd, 2023 on Switch, PS5, PS4, and PC via Steam. This remake features a full reimagining of the original game with a mix of 2D pixel characters and 3D environments. That last bit of the sentence doesn't begin to describe what they've been able to achieve with this one like i've been saying for the longest that when it comes to these older games that were you know pixelated graphics 2d to an extent like just having that xy axis not necessarily size growing but it would probably be better to just give these old school rpgs the octopath treatment it's just like every time they're trying to remake these games and they do these 3d graphics it's like just do the octopath thing i know it's hard it's harder than people might think it is, but it clearly pays off. With Star Ocean, like the environments are like straight up 3D environments, but then your characters are pixelated. So it's like Octopath, but with just higher visual quality. Like some mm. it's kind of jarring looking at like the semi-realistic visuals of the world around the characters, and then they're pixelated, but they're lit like 3d is <laughs> so many different things happening at the same time it's like this looks amazing um the star ocean the second story i'm pretty sure i played this back in my younger years when like 1998 this was about when i was like discovering rpgs because 97 that's when armored core was out i know I was going back and forth to Blockbuster, like renting Armor Core. I think this is when I first started playing Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. I may have rented Star Ocean, the second story, because I remember the the male character. He's a, a guy with blonde hair. And I feel like he had a like a laser or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong one. Maybe I played the first Star Ocean. But this looks outstanding. I hear among the Star Ocean community that this is the best Star Ocean <laughs> and everything and everything went downhill from there. <laughs> but AMC, when you saw Star Ocean, the second story, uh, what ran through your mind? How do you feel about it? I mean, it's, you know, it's as, as far as genre goes, I mean, you can't say like JRPGs like is a new genre because they've been around forever, but I am loving this uh, streak of these 2.5d remakes of jrpg classics because you know we're, we're working our way towards it you know? we're dancing around it but we're working our way towards that Final oh, Fantasy Six and Chrono oh i i got some information for you, you oh. <laughs> is that the quick hits or you want to talk about it right now <laughs> let's talk about it right now it's apparently yeah. internally uh 
if personnel at Square are constantly asking the question, why don't we remake Final Fantasy VI? <sighs> Come on. And now, with that on the table, it brings up this discussion because, of course, they have the success of Final Fantasy VII-R, but then they also have something like the Star Ocean, the second story. And I'm like, yo, whatever you do, don't do Final Fantasy VII-R. Do Star Ocean, the second story. The Final Fantasy, it doesn't need much. Like, it's it's like a classic car that's been sitting in a barn its whole life. Like, everything on it is fine. Just make sure the paint's good. Detail it. <laughs> Give it some new wheels and tires. Tune it up. Make sure everything's nice. And put it out as is, but with that 2.5D HD treatment. Like, uh, I mean, it would be awesome if they could do it 7R style, but that's just not the soul and the spirit of the game. It'll be such a departure from the source material that it, it'll just be jarring to everybody. Especially Dude, if, we, if we're going to get like uh, get it in piecemeal. Like, I'd rather just get like the, the 2.5D, but get it all in one game as opposed to, you know, three games of Resident of Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> if they could do it two games where it's the world of light and then the world of ruin, I'd be okay. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Because you could play up until the floating have, island. <laughs> yeah, have, have the game end on that note where I, Celeste, I, I originally yes. quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just on the on the island. <laughs> that it's it's set up perfect. Just do that. That's that's like your outro and also your kind of it's like your epilogue slash prologue into the second part and then the world of ruin it just goes down <laughs> oh my gosh yeah oh i'd have the bull Uematsu and arnie roth do the soundtrack oh that would be amazing <laughs> live orchestra uh, yeah um yeah i totally agree and yeah i, I want the 2.5 because it's like i already have a so it's like with um with Final fantasy 7 you had the cutscenes, and you are you had the games after it with like you know Crisis Core and yada yada, um, where you you got to see the characters in you know in a more I don't know I guess visually animated <laughs> higher quality situation. So it wasn't too far of a step to Final Fantasy VII remake to do that uh, from the you know from the the more polygonal uh, origins. Um, but yeah, with Final Fantasy VI, because of that jump from snes to the ps5 like it, it'd be such a jump like, or like such a hard transition to do that you know resident evil 7 remake skin on that to do a 2.5 <laughs> would just make a i don't know let, not make a lot more sense but it'd be you know an easier transition uh because like we have an idea of how those characters looked on the snes and now if you can kind of give me that same kind of feel but then you know like kind of like you know smooth it up around the edges and like clean it up a little bit and yeah you know, and just like, with with broader and deeper pixel art to make the animations pop more and come to life yeah and that, yeah, that's that's all i would need and so yeah I, I completely agree with you like i would want it to have more of this visual aesthetic as opposed to like a full-on you know remake remake of like uh in a modern look i mean if they did it right i'm not going to complain but I, I just love this 2.5D style, and it just uh, it, it gives a feel of like I'm still playing the SNES version of this game, but like 
in a completely new and beautiful aesthetic um and so it just it's the balance of both worlds in a way that i definitely am all about and so i hope that i totally agree i think they should do that and i mean if you were to to guess like what what do you think is holding them back from you know just going all the way in with final fantasy (laughs) 6 like bringing it back if i had to hazard a guess i would suspect that perhaps the brass it's it's two things it's either that they think the audience for that game either aged out or that it just wasn't big enough in the first place to justify a remake or it's on some level where they just don't know what to do (laughs) (laughs) like like, something like that like either either they don't either they don't see the value in it or they just have no idea how to approach it and they just leave it alone (laughs) it's like they don't want to if anything you could give them credit of they know that they can't fuck this up and so they're like unless we get the right team with the right vision for it let's not even touch it until Mm -hmm. because you know right after they do that then we got to get chrono trigger like it's a it's like one right after the other so it's almost like they want to have that foundation in place and so that they can just get this done right and not spend you know 20 years trying to get it figured out <laughs> chrono trigger was built for 2.5 hd oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine the double and the triple text oh. with that with that 3d plane and the lighting all those magic effects magus oh man Got to wrap it with voice acting. <laughs> the future, the post-apocalypse, yeah. the the bike racing. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, that'd be so good. The See, that's like cities. that's like that's what you're talking about. Like that's mini game. Like out of nowhere, it's just like now I'm racing. <laughs> like, yeah, the 2D race in a racetrack where I'm hitting like my my boosts and all that stuff. Full of mini games. Yeah. <laughs> Gwent Forbidden West had a good uh mini game that I enjoyed in there. Like yeah. they don't have to be crazy. It, fishing, even fishing is cool. Yeah, it's just like it's those moments within a game where it's like, you know, you were playing one thing and then all of a sudden it just changes up and it's not for the entire game, but it's like those things like create memories within a game. It's like, oh, and then this thing happened and the entire like structure of the game changed for a moment <laughs> and it's something that like i won't forget and that's like how that that futuristic race like bike race that's how i remember it is just out of nowhere i'm, I'm fucking racing <laughs> through this, yeah. like, this scrap heap <laughs> all these broken freeways yeah uh and so yeah it's, i i totally agree with you um i i absolutely love mini games from that perspective and yeah this game looks absolutely awesome i never played uh the star ocean game and i'm it's uh it's definitely one of those ones like when i saw live alive and i was like oh shit something i didn't play that i need to play getting this live alive yeah come to playstation um oh yeah that's right i forgot yeah and uh, yeah so uh seeing this star ocean like that's another one where it's like well i'll definitely have to play that at some point it sounded like it had voice acting as well on top of that so it seems like it has a lot going for it and yeah i i absolutely enjoyed this game when i saw it Um, and then like this is this might be the first combat system that we've seen like this in this visual treatment for these games so that's now all the homies and (laughs) calling out all the homies like you're you're fighting in like it's kind of a beat 'em up style, but it's a it's an action RPG. Like these are the earliest among the earliest action RPGs where you're moving around in two point five D space. So like you're moving up and into the 
the battlefield, you're lining up with the enemies, unleashing your attacks. It's still an RPG. You still have like your items and your skills and everything, but it's real time. And you're moving around, getting your positioning, <laughs> sneaking up <laughs> on them, get the back attack, and just unleashing hell on these enemies. Like this, this, this is the time and this is the way for these kind of games. Um, you, you want me to take the next one? Um, hell yeah. Okay, well, this one, this game had already been announced, but now we got a full-on gameplay preview of it or game gameplay reveal, and that being Pikmin 4. Yes. Ahead, uh, this, so I'm actually a CISO. Ahead of its July 21st release date, Nintendo has shared even more info about Pikmin 4, including about a Dandori battle mini mini game, a dub. Yeah, um, all about it. Nintendo <laughs> knows what they're doing. <laughs> News about uh, your adorable dog friend, Ochi. Uh, who can carry items, smash obstacles, become a flotation device, and more. It was also revealed you'll be able to set off on night expeditions for the first time in the series, and you may even run into some Pikmin who glow, which is pretty cool. I guess uh, they had mentioned in the previous Pikmin games that you, you kind of had to carry out all your tasks before nighttime, uh, and then your, your day would reset. So now you, they've decided to forego that. You play through the night, and it just adds a whole new layer of um, just new options around the world from that day-night cycle. Let's see. Uh, if you are still on the fence with Pikmin 4, Nintendo has also confirmed a demo for the game will arrive on June 28th. And then real quick, on top of that, they announced HD versions of Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2 are headed to the Nintendo uh, Switch eShop. Um, they shadow dropped that for that day. Um, so yeah, what did you what did you think when you saw Pikmin? Kind of like, a, you know, we've seen this game in the past. It's, it's somewhat like Lemmings in that you have all the homies, but you're you're... You're, it's a more coordinated attack where you're controlling them. They're just following you. You're mm-hmm. sending them into combat. You're having them do all this stuff. And then, yeah, they announced also that you have these mini battles. Uh, so what did you think when you saw Pikmin 4? Pikmin was always my jam. I, I remember it from the GameCube days. It, it was just this strange new concept that I... Like, it, it had that Lemmings aspect, but just them being there and basically your entourage your legion just following you everywhere ready to be yeah ready ready to throw their bodies in harm's way to to get the job done but yeah like pikmin it had an amazing visual aesthetic and just it was just such a wholly original idea so watching pikmin 4 like the visuals are outstanding it's quite a juxtaposition nintendo is so good at this it's that juxtaposition of being like a tiny astronaut with your with your Pikmin homies, but you're in a regular sized world, like a, a front yard or in somebody's bedroom or in a bathroom or something. And you're, you're trying to navigate. And do, it's, it's such a uniquely Nintendo blend of <laughs> yeah. just the weird with the ordinary. And yeah. it just, like it just pops, man. Like I'm, I'm also glad that the game's going to have the night cycles now. So that's, that's just another flavor of the Pikmin experience that you get. And you there's the different Pikmin. rewards, your ghost Pikmin, you got challenges and rewards there. Uh, you, you got the whole gameplay with the, um, what is it? The, the explorers or the, the extra people that you find. Oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. Contribute yeah. to your home base. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Open and they, they can get stolen. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned um like there was like one part where you see the characters launching from like the coffee table onto a couch and like they're just you know it's like honey I shrunk the kids, but you're you're Pikmin. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> like you're an alien in in you know our our world uh crash landed and yeah, I guess like the the previous games were like kind of you're based around like you crash land and then you're you're fixing up your ship so you can you can take off again. But it's great that you're in like you're on Earth, so you're an alien on Earth. There's not too many games where you play the alien on Earth unless yeah. it's like destroying all humans. Yeah, <laughs> and that that propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pikmin is it just just seeing Pikmin brings back such fond memories. Like Nintendo is. The fond memory company. It's just all their games. <laughs> all their games you just you just have a good time with, you smile, and yeah. you remember what it's like to be a kid again. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's um, yeah, okay, so this is now this is the big one for me. I there's there's an even bigger one, but this was the big one for me. This is when I oh, I got a couple big ones. Uh, okay. You wanna you wanna do one of those first? No, this is the big one for you. Okay, so <laughs> You know, this is a game that I've uh, like I've I've probably mentioned it uh, a lot in the past. It's one of the games that I always look forward to, as far as just like one of my original RPGs, where I was like, like this is this is taking me to places. Like you know, play Final Fantasy VI, just learn like oh, video games can do this. This is what like you, we could tell stories like this in video games. We can have all these different gameplay mechanics worked into like one, one um into one system of combat, yada yada yada, and like it just blew my mind. And then Nintendo, which I believe this game was also made by Square. Yep, um, they ended up Square ended up partnering with uh or Nintendo ended up partnering with Square to have them make an RPG, which was Super Mario what? RPG yes. on the uh, SNES. Ended up being you know one of my all time classic games. And we got the announcement with this direct a dub that we're getting a remake of Super Mario RPG. G G Boy Army. <laughs> uh, let's see. The cult classic SNES game Super Mario RPG is coming to the Switch. It's uh getting a chibi makeover in the process. The game, which curiously doesn't have the legend of seven stars subtitle. Yeah, because other ones called um Super Mario RPG Legend of Subtitles. This one is just called Super Mario RPG. Uh, with first launch in 1996 as a collaboration between Nintendo and Final Fantasy Maker Square, now Square Enix. Uh, from the sounds of it, the remake will mostly be visual changes with the gameplay left largely the same. So yeah, when you see this game, it looks like you're playing through the exact same game, uh, even though it's called a remake, which is kind of funny. Like this would be like the ultimate example of a remaster, but they're yeah. calling it a remake. So I'm curious to see if they do add any new aspects to the game. But um, yeah, it looked every time everything they showed was just a screenshot of something like I remember that, I remember that, I remember them, I remember this enemy, I remember those guys, I remember that. It time. looks so good. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And it's just <clears throat> modern graphics. Um. I absolutely just it blew my mind because I I looked at all the announcements uh, before actually watching the direct and so when I saw this I was like holy shit and I just saw a little screenshot <clears throat> and I was immediately getting pulled in and after seeing the game it just I'm sold I'm there it, when they announced the um, SNES Classic I literally thought of buying it just well they had Final Fantasy VI on there as well so that was another yes. Episode. But and I yeah. still think about like when am I gonna fire that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then the other thing was they have Super Mario RPG on there, and a part of me was like, I could 
I haven't played that game. This game came out in 96. So I haven't played that game in God knows how many, uh, I, I don't want to do the math, but you know, almost 30 years. Uh, and so like, just thinking about it, just like, holy shit. Like I like, I thought about playing that game and I thought about getting SNES classic to play it and I didn't. And thankfully I didn't because now we have this remaster uh, or remake as they're calling it. Um, and so yeah, You'd triple dipped. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Cause I would have had to see how this looks. And if anything, I would have just been happy with just owning it and like knowing that I can play it at any time in my life. Um, and so, yeah, we see it, we see everything. We see Malo, we see Gino, we see Bowser, we see everything that I loved about this game. One of the things I very much loved about this game was that, you know, the combat was very interactive. So it was a turn-based RPG, which you love from like those original Square games, those JRPGs and Square games. But they added um, an interactive aspect to it, which is, so when you're attacking an enemy, you you choose attack. Mario goes through the animation and they did it where right as you're about to hit an enemy, you hit attack, like you hit the attack button again and you'll get a stronger attack or you'll get a double attack. And, or like with Bowser, he would have his chomp chain and you do it and he, it would like do like three chomps. I think you're supposed to do three chomps each time and you're getting a bonus attack on top of that and things like that. And, um, I remember like even the magic stuff, like Gino had like a, um, a power up where it's like, I think it's kind of time based. Um, whereas like Malo had like healing abilities. Um, peach also similar bowser he had strong attacks so it was like each character was unique in their own way mario he, he had the more like melee focused jumping attacks and yeah it was um stuff that they took to use in like later like mario rpgs with like you know the mario luigi sagas and things along those lines they took a lot of um gameplay aspects as far as the turn base and use that because it was just so good and i always wondered why they never did a sequel to this game because i just absolutely loved it i love the story you know it's a thing like with mario games 2 that you know that made this one stand out was that in mario games you know it's all about the minimal story you're the plumber you show up to mushroom kingdom bowser's up to no good you stop him and you get the girl back um, you stop one, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like, whereas in this one, like, you know, you go to different worlds and you meet NPCs, you talk to them, the characters are have like backstories and motivations and like everything. And it like Mario was still a silent protagonist, which was cool. So, you know, it's, he was still, it still very much felt like Mario, but then all these char other characters had very vivid stories. And the biggest like selling point for me was it was one of the first games outside of Mario Kart where you could play as Bowser. Um, and you know, it's everything that you love in a Mario RPG because you get weapons, you get stronger weapons and things along those lines and the different weapons have different attacks. And yeah, it was just so beautiful. So what did you think when you saw the remake of Super Mario RPG coming to the Switch? Hey, dude? I was very delighted to just see it get that high quality level of polish that they put on it. It's just like, oh, this is awesome. And then just going through the clips and showing everything, it's like, it's the same exact game. Perfect. Like that's, that's an awesome remake. That's a, that's a home run any day of the week. And yeah, man, I, it was just nice to see it. I didn't really play much of it. Maybe the first hour or two. And that may have been at two different points in my own development as a human being mm -hmm. but just super mario rpg i i've yet to put in the time into it to really see what it was all about and wow. you know yeah i'm sorry to, i wanted to as well because around that time that's when i started really learning about like okay there are people that make these games and like 
when when they say they have a game coming, I should pay attention to that because it's probably something I'm going like. <laughs> when they said square with with Mario, I was like, oh okay, that's that's probably going to be a good thing. So I looked at Super Mario RPG. I was just like, man, this is awesome. Like, I, I need to think. I don't know exactly how I feel about this because it's Mario, but it's an RPG. Uh, you know, yeah, I need to put some time into it so I can figure that out. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome to see this. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it because I know you're gonna get it. Uh, I have it on my Nintendo Classic. I'm I'm holding myself to completing Secret of Mana before I can mm. give myself. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually I made it pretty far before I just completely fell off. So it, it's not too much. I think I got. Damn, I forget how many seeds you need to get, but I know I got the first one, which I consider pretty far. But yeah, I love Secret of Mana. I wish it had Secret of Evermore as well. However, Super Mario RPG, that's awesome. Looking forward to your impressions. Uh, one day you, I gotta play it. Yeah. Do you have any other ones before you get to the big one? Yeah, I got a couple. Yes. First off, Nintendo about to set the world on fire, in my opinion, <laughs> because they're coming with the most genius idea I've seen, which is Headbangers Rhythm Royale. Um, yes, this game is a rhythm-based battle royale where you and everybody that's taking part in the competition oh, the is playing is playing as pigeons. So yes, <laughs> uh, IG writes, move aside Fortnite. There's a new battle royale in town, and it's called Headbangers Rhythm Royale. In this new game, players will fight to be the last bird standing against 29 other players in over 20 musical mini games. Got them mini games. <laughs> the game's coming out on uh, Halloween 2023. That's October 31st. And they showed off uh, a small smattering of what the game is going to be offering. There's going to be situations where you're asked to copy the, the movements of a leader. And there's going to be other situations where, you know, you're just trying to be the last bird standing. I'm looking at a screenshot where it's got probably a couple dozen birds, all with their own unique customizations. So it looks like you can be able to express yourself that way in the game. And they're standing on a, a wire above a bunch of other pigeons, just like piano keys with a slingshot in the foreground shooting the keys. I think you got to make, you have to make music or make songs in repeated or something or copy a code that you hear but yeah different mini games you're playing this pigeons battle royale i'm a big fan of party style games and like just those games where it's about the collaboration of everyone in the room rather than you just being the lone gamer with everybody doing stuff around you <laughs> like ignoring <laughs> you so it's like if you i feel like the 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 future of gaming is more of these games where you're getting everyone involved regardless of their skill level because it's it's not necessarily skill-based in that you got to be able to perform at a high level it's skill-based in the sense of all right it's it's a you versus me but we're just trying to we're both trying to win but we're not working against each other kind of thing so it's you know you're not it's not street fighter or it's mm -hmm. not it's not a first person shooter. Like it's not Call of Duty where it's like, pow, I shot you. And you're, you're having a bad time in order to fuel my good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're having a bad time in Headbangers Rhythm Royale, it's like, no, man, just look, look what I'm doing. Do what I'm doing. And then you, you're helping each other perform better as you're competing each other, competing against each other against the game. 
mean, you're playing mini games. And it's cute. And it's quirky. <laughs> it's clearly not taking itself seriously, but it definitely knows exactly where it wants to be. I'm very excited to see how Headbangers Rhythm Royale is going to do in the wild. AMC, what did you think about this game when you saw it? Yeah, I thought the game looked look like it was a complete blast um yeah kind of piggybacking off what you're saying like you know there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of negativity when it comes to live service stuff multiplayer and i think it's a lot of it it's it's from the perspective of oh well, how are they going to take fortnite and and try to, how are they going to try to do fortnite and so people assume that like whenever it comes to that like well they're going to try to do that and it's going to fail because nothing is as good as fortnite but you also forget that there's so many different styles of these games that you can do that aren't necessarily centered around, like, as you were saying, like a first person shooter or in Fortnite, Fortnite's case, a third person shooter. Uh, and in, in this game, it's like, uh, it takes me to, it reminds me of playing Tetris 99, Pac-Man 99, where it has nothing to do with that. Like it's, it's kind of like PVE uh, in that you're not directly targeting anybody, you're playing against the game, and it's about survival. And so you're not like you're just trying to get good at playing the game, and it's not, and it's less about like, well, I need to like just find weaklings, target them, take them out, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I'll and then I'll be the last man standing. Like it's just about like, can I be good? Can I be good enough to to survive these gameplay mechanics, especially as like they speed up or get a little more complicated. And I like with this one, the focus on music, like as you're saying with like, there's one like where you're, it looks like you're almost like xylophoning or like playing a piano, hitting the right keys in the right, uh, the right order um, and things like that. And then on top of that, the, the aesthetic or the, uh, the visuals of, you know, these pigeons doing it. Like it just reminds me of those pigeons on Animaniacs. Um, whenever I see pigeons, uh. like animated <laughs> ones, those are the ones I always go to. And yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I forgot just, about them. Yeah, the the mobsters, uh, the good fellas, and yeah, so it uh it has everything going for it, and I could just see it being an absolutely fun game to play. So yeah, as you said, like we're getting Nintendo is like not afraid to put mini games <laughs> on there on their directs, and you can see that's like where the um the appeal is because like you're always gonna see something different, and yeah, with that like seeing this like something that like you know because of the the reaction you know other you know other console makers just wouldn't wouldn't be able to make stage time for this or it would piss people off um i like (laughs) that there is there's still a space for it and so i'm sure that i don't know if this game is a console exclusive but if it is multi-platform at least it's getting some shine here so that then if somebody has a playstation or an xbox they could be like oh it's it's out on here I'll, i'll pick it up here and so this game can you know get its base and not have to solely rely on the people who watch this direct and picking it up on the switch uh so yeah it, exactly and so yeah um yeah i absolutely love this game uh definitely uh a surprise hit <laughs> when it came to you know things that weren't just straight up first party games that were being announced Hey, I'm not always right, but I think I could pick a winner when I see one. I think Headbangers Battle, I mean Rhythm Royale is gonna be awesome. Yeah. Any any uh, any other ones that caught your eye, Joe? Gloomhaven. <laughs> what was Gloomhaven again? Was that the, the Gloomhaven that was no that, uh, that that's Myth Force. Uh, and I love that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think people need to check that out. Myth Force is beautifully animated. It looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. It just it has that vibe and that feel of just nineties. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nineties cartoons. The video game is great. If Cuphead was like 
30s to 50s era like this is straight up 90s saturday morning he man in yeah. <laughs> all day power of gray skull and get it but gloomhaven so gloomhaven will arrive on switch september 18th and will bring the beloved board game to owners of the oh. console gloomhaven sees players exploring cursed dungeons with unsavory mercenaries with 17 characters and over 1000 abilities to use so you have all these different characters you can choose from you, you get into the dungeon i believe it's like tile based looks like it's tactical and i believe it's deck based combat to get the cards get your abilities <laughs> Oh man, it sounds awesome. I remember, I believe Gloomhaven was funded on Kickstarter. I could be wrong about that. But I remember seeing Gloomhaven, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And now it's getting this game, which actually looks amazingly cool. Like if this could come to other consoles, that would be nice. But if it doesn't, I think it might be just another reason to own a Switch. Like I'm, I'm very excited about it. It looks awesome. I love the art style. It's just dark in fantasy but it's like that like the colors and just the way all the characters in the environments are rendered it's it looks like a 3d board game and it's what is it, it like it's kind of similar in style like just looking at it to demio that psvr2 title that i think is also going to be awesome and it looks amazing you should check that out too but gloomhaven looks great and hopefully somebody I know gets their hands on it if I won't be able to do so myself. AMC, how did you feel about Gloomhaven? Yeah, Gloomhaven looked great. It had um everything you love about like that that I guess that that what is it? Like that board style of game, I guess is how you would say it. Like um yeah. um but like yeah, so you have like the minifigs like as you're moving tabletop tactical yeah yeah tabletop is what i was looking for and like as you're moving them along the tiles like um in a chinese checker style like board yeah. and then you have your um as what i loved about it is that they said that there's going to be like over a thousand like moves and you have like you have a ton of different characters to choose from i think like around 17 they said mm-hmm. um but yeah they have and they said like around like a thousand moves so you'll have plenty of options to build up your deck and it looks like it's gonna be like a super tactical game i like the aesthetic has a lot going for it and i'm just i'm happy that we're seeing more of these adaptations of tabletop games because you know the one that i'm always looking at is like warhammer as like the definitive one and i feel like warhammer is going to eventually do that more dedicated tabletop style of game like they've had turn-based games tactical turn-based games but um i haven't seen like that one that's truly dedicated to the the um you know the the tabletop um man they could straight up digitize that and i i'm telling you it'd be one of the best games ever released oh yeah because they, they already have like so many just figs that they could just work all that in that those would be your characters um yeah and then there's so, so many people like a whole new audience that could be brought into the warhammer 10 mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be that'd be the move to make it's yeah. just a a big budget triple a like just complete digital replica of the tabletop warhammer experience if anybody out there knows if one already exists feel free to <laughs> hit us up on what twitter my control issues is the handle send us an email whatever let us know if it's out there but yeah, yeah that would be amazing. yeah this game looked absolutely awesome though i'm i'm on board with it i also like that they gloom it 
Bloomhead? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it also seems to have this exhaustion mechanic in it where I guess you could just crawl through the dungeon a little too long. Maybe it's like taking hit taking hits from Stardew Valley. This is at a certain time you pass up. No, but yeah, apparently your characters can get exhausted. I imagine there's probably maybe there's some permadeath. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> well then what happened? Oh, maybe that could work. But yeah. Gloomhaven, I want to see more. Might get a switch, might not. I am thinking about building not thinking about it. I think I'm building the PC, man. I'm going to have the car paid off in a couple months. Mm-hmm. It's time. I'm going to go all out. Yes. I'm a future future proof. Hook it up to the TV. Playing Starfield. <laughs> cinematic assets. Playing oh, FTL God. on your TV. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just watching my enemies burn <laughs> inside of their ships. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're raw, raw, raw guys, and they won't be burning, right? Yeah, I'm surprised you remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was paying attention when I was watching it. Seeing the that was matches. a nightmare, just watching that <laughs> rock guy charge through a flaming corridor and murder my group. <laughs> like, oh, they don't take fire damage. Damn, should have suffocated them. <laughs> yes, AMC, you, you got the big one of the show. All right. Um, so this is the one that surprised me. This was there. Oh, and one more. And there one more is a game that's coming out this year, which I absolutely loved. <laughs> and um, you know, somewhat of a surprise here because uh, notes. Yeah, as we uh I, I had mentioned it when I watched the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, I was just like, Man, this movie was absolutely awesome. They got the theme park and like they don't have a game to like coincide with it because like they mm-hmm. just they put out Odyssey already um and then whatever the last mario game was um and then yeah like that i mean like luigi's mansion but like that was last year also and so yeah i was like oh it's kind of strange that they don't have a mario game like lined up to go along with this movie and then we have the oh and one more thing and this is a a big and one more thing so this is uh from the verge a busy year for the plumber continues when super mario brothers wonder hits the switch on october 20th the game looks like it retains the style and form of the new Super Mario Bros. series, but adds in some strange and inventive new gameplay twists like living pipes, huge groups of enemies, and the ability to turn into an elephant. And so yeah, it's um that, yes. like, that like almost doesn't do justice to it. So yeah, they say new Super Mario Brothers, which is the uh updated 2D version of Mario, that look. Um, and so what we love from those games is one, the co-op aspect multiplayer, um, which is this game will uh retain. They also show that you can play as different characters. So they have Daisy, you got Peach, you got Mario, you got Luigi. I wonder if Toad will be an option, but who knows? Um, as they mentioned, it's Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and in this one, you get so it very much looks like, and I'm curious to see, but it looks like it's kind of playing on the aspect of, you know, Mario Brothers 2 with like, you know, the dream. Um, a lot of it was like based around dreaming. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this one with the wonder, it seems like that, like at times, like as you get like whatever it is, the, um, I don't know what we're calling it, like the wonder gym. The wonder flowers. <laughs> the wonder flowers. There we go. Uh, it just suddenly like things just start changing. And like, as I said, like the pipes, they just start moving in a way where they're more lifelike. Um, the way you're moving is different. And as they said, you also, you get to turn into an elephant at one point. Um, they had a lot going for it. Hey, Deb, what'd you think when you saw this game? I mean, I think wonder is a very, 
how you say, I, I don't know. I, don't, I think that doesn't even begin to broach like the, the crust of what this is. This should have been called like Super Mario Brothers psychotropic. Yeah. <laughs> you get the wonder flowers, like the time of day changes, the lighting changes, the the pipes start moving like worms, things grow eyes. Like it's it's just it's a crazy trip, but it's all gameplay. Like I'm I'm looking at this. This game gave me the same feeling that I had when I saw Super Mario World for the first time on the mm. Super Nintendo. Like mm. just looking in that Nintendo power and looking at the looking at the images of just this richly detailed world and these vibrant, gorgeous colors and Mario with the cape and Yoshi and you know all these different enemies and different mechanics. Like that's this is kind of that moment for the Mario franchise once again in this modern era like there's even little things that they're doing with mario wonder is like something that really is making it pop for me is that it seems like everything in the game is slightly angled to look as if the is look as if the the characters on the screen are running toward the screen or toward the player like it it kind of makes it feel like the action is coming at you so on top of that it seems like they've taken all the rules and all the content of Mario and just completely rewrote them or threw them out and put in better rules or more flexible rules because it's like the, we all know bullet bills, you know, it's classic. <laughs> you jump on the bullets, they fly them back and forth. They got like bullet missiles now, or bullet torpedoes just cascading out of the sky. And speaking of the sky, like just the way the game is set up visually, it it almost 100% resembles my idea of an open world Mario and how that would look because as you gaze off into the background, it's just it just keeps going. It's not like it's a a static plane where there's a foreground, a middle ground, and a background. It's like you're in a world, but you're going through a, a 2D portion of it. Uh, it's visually stunning. Um, completely. Yeah, you kept you kept pointing out, you kept pointing out like something about like the words in yeah. it. Like... Oh yeah, that, that got combos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mario got got Devil May Cry combos now, where it like you used to hit the enemies in rapid succession are on a single bounce and like 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600, one up. Now it's like, cool, awesome, excellent, dope. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> if it has dope in there, I would, lose yeah. I would I would buy a Switch for this game if it just had the word dope in there as part of a combo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, everything you're saying, I'm like, I'm just looking, rewatching the trailer because I was like, I know I missed like a lot <laughs> from that one viewing. But um, yeah, so like what I love about the whole wonder thing is that so Mario games are all about like kind of like the uh the hidden secrets. And so mm -hmm. they, they require a lot of like replayability to like uncover every secret within each stage of the game. And with the advent of this wonder thing, like there's certain parts where they got the wonder flower, and then he's riding on like a bunch of like like bulls that are like glowing and they run right through you know the flag that you jump on to like end the level like they just yeah. rush that run through that and, and they're about to destroy it <laughs> yeah and destroy it and so like it's almost like a, a thing where it's like so if i didn't get the wonder flower could i have beaten the level right there 
and that would have gotten me something. And then now I need to replay it with the Wonder Flower, and then I bum rush through that. And then there's also a hidden secret past it that I can that I can only get when I have the Wonder Flower. So it adds like this whole thing of like replayability, where um, like there are certain things that you won't be able to reach unless you get the Wonder Flower. Because like they showed one part where he jumps on like a sideways or horizontal snake, uh, a horizontal pipe, hits the Wonder Flower that pipe comes to life and it starts doing like, it starts snaking where it's like, you know, yeah. or, or caterpillaring. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where it builds up the, where like basically like it, it crunches the, the middle of it pops up and then like it spreads out and you have to be in that middle part to like jump up and get to the tree above it. And so there'll be like certain things where it's like, how do I get to that? Oh, I got to use a wonder flower or it might be like, Oh, if I want to get to that, I got to make sure I don't use the wonder flower at that point in order to hit that. Or like, you got to time it like when you get the things. And so it seems like there's going to be a ton of puzzle solving or platform puzzle solving within the aspects of that gameplay, which is going to add a whole new layer to it. And we haven't even gotten to like the whole elephant thing. What do you think about Mario becoming an elephant? A dub? I think it's an awesome new addition to the repertoire my man has been sporting <laughs> since his inception. I mean, it, it you're running, you're swiping Goombas away with your snout. Oh, <laughs> smacking them. So it, I really want to see what uh, exactly what's in the elephant's moveset and like what elephant-specific puzzles are there that you need that to solve. Like, Are, are you going to be inhaling water and shooting? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you get the elephant token. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. And then you run around the elephant, and like, yeah, as you said, I wonder how that comes into you know gameplay and what what are the special aspects of the elephant outside of just being able to smack enemies with your trunk. <laughs> Man, I'm just I'm really I'm really like dumbfounded and intrigued by how the levels take on a whole new level of life when you hit that wonder flower like mm. when i when i tell you it's like just the ways that trips like drug trips have been described and depicted in media it falls right in line with that where it's just like and everything's coming alive man <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah that's, that's it's ridiculous game. mario's swimming up the rain to get on yeah. top of a cloud <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was the most amazing new mechanic I've ever seen. Like it's with this game, even when you don't have the Wonder Flower, it just seems like everything you know and love about Mario has about four or five new things that it does or how it moves. You had you had your girl Daisy pushing a pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, push, pushing against like uh, one of the uh, what is it the the Hammer Bros. <laughs> yeah, and there were there's like enemies that. Like you, enemies are obstacles that you can touch them without being hurt, and mm. or you know you lose your charge. Like Mario was bouncing between what looked like these these giant orb enemies, mm -hmm. but there's this physics thing going on where they're all bouncing against each other and they're different sizes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what is going on here? I think you got your man Yoshi in there. Yeah, man. I'm looking at um IGN's write up, and they're saying that you can play as Toad and Yoshi. Oh, Yoshi too. Awesome. So yeah, it's uh it's got a little bit of everything going on. And I, I love these and immediately like, you know, playing Stardew, it's just so incredible. And I have the thought, like, how am I gonna follow up Stardew? <laughs> and like, cause like I don't know. Like I, I had enough trouble like kind of trying to decide what to play next. And then luckily, like I was just like, Oh yeah, I haven't been to play Stardew Valley. I tried it and it was just and it's absolutely amazing. And now part of me is like, well, how do I follow up Stardew Valley now? Everything's gonna feel like, you know, lesser. 
and then I see oh, this <laughs> and I see it's coming out this year and I'm like, well, shit, like we have our next game and we absolutely love the, uh, all the, like the new the, the new 2d super Mario game. So knowing that we're going to have a new one with a whole new gameplay mechanic within it, it's, it's a, it's a guarantee like day one, assuming we're done with Stardew at this point, at that point. Just, but Yeah. <laughs> just those visuals, especially on your new TV, man. Oh, oh, oh that's going to be so good. Like this Mario, it's, I've, I've never seen visuals this crisp or polished. Like it looks like a Mario game, but it's, it's set on top of a like next gen Mario world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, They're yeah, just like, a lot of like is like vibrant, like as you said, like with the wonderful and like the different like I don't know, like splashes as you hit enemies. Like it's just everything has so much more um like life, <laughs> I guess, to it in a way. Like even if it's not actual like movement life, but just like way you hit things, like you see the impact, you see just the reactions, like something that like you just notice while playing Diablo, like you do things and you see the environment reacting to it. And I feel like this mm-hmm. game, there's just so much like movement and energy to everything that like everything is just gonna feel like it's just part of like the action and so like i just see myself just getting lost in the visuals of this game as i'm moving through it there's a formula to this game and it's daring you to try to figure it out yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man man. Uh, (laughs) man. yeah so that was the big one um do you have anything else before we move on yeah i got, got a little something else oh, yeah, got chola 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 so yes today's shows coming sideways and not a lot of them today but they come sideways at the nintendo direct yeah. first show says yawn when did the real games get announced? Uh, <laughs> the real games. We built a new Mario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got Gloomhaven coming. Got uh, Star Ocean 2 remake regarded as the best Star Ocean. Got my, got my mechanic moving out game. <laughs> uh, Manic Mechanics. Manic Mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> and A-Dub is going to be anywhere and everywhere for that yeah but next show says not much for me except for wonder but at least it wasn't as bad as sony showcase uh, <laughs> still taking strays <laughs> yep still uh next show says according to the ftc nintendo is a nothing burger uh, <laughs> yeah. ftc don't give a fuck about it <laughs> i think that i think it's something that's gonna shoot the other console makers in the foot at least with whatever's going on with the law telling them what they can and can't do because they just they created this scenario where nintendo is not in the same group as they are which completely changes all of their numbers and market shares and like, things Watch, like nintendo just start like acquiring like, like, like hey, we in our own business yeah. <laughs> we're the only competitor we do what we want <laughs> But at the, I feel like like both of them would have had a stronger case if they had included Nintendo in the numbers. Because then it's like, it's not I'm competing against this thing and like they have this much and I have this much. It's like I'm competing against both of them and both of them together have this much. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So I need this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need Activision Blizzard and all their games. 
you know, for the players. Last show <laughs> says. <laughs> Last show says this direct could have been an email. <laughs> oh man! I mean, hey, they didn't set the world on fire with any of their announcements except Wonder. I think that's yeah. that shit is amazing. But insofar as a direct and how it falls in with all the other showcases, I think Nintendo did a solid job. They didn't go too high with it, but you know what? They didn't disappoint you. They showed a lot of cool stuff, a lot of new stuff, and things that are just coming to their platform. I mean, Star Ocean 2 and Mario Wonder and Gloomhaven, that's enough for me. AMC, how did you feel? I thought it was incredible. Um, as I mentioned, already I got a game that I'll be buying this year in Mario Wonder. I have you know, we talked about like the year of dreams with like the that when that that conference when Sony announced Final Fantasy VII remake before all the details came out, and everybody was just like, "It's why I have it." Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why's it in parts? Shenmue <laughs> three. Ah, like, grown men. Oh man, I forgot about Shenmue three. Yeah. I think a lot of people forgot about Shenmue three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, just like grown men crying. I just remember like Sony like posting the reactions to the conference and the announcements. And for me, that's that's everything when when Super Mario RPG got it. When, the first time I saw that, when I just saw that announcement, and then when I saw the game, the you know the the finish that they put on it to give it that new look, um, that was everything. So this. The direct could have just been Super Mario RPG, and I'd have been like, "Yep, I'll, that's all. Take all my money. That's all that matters. That's why I bought the Switch without even knowing that that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> it justifies all my purchases." Um, yeah, it's it, it was everything, and so that alone would have been enough. But then you know the icing on the cake with you know Super Mario Wonder, and then you know Pikmin Four, seeing that gameplay that that has my interest. Um, yeah, I saw more I than forgot enough. about Pikmin Four already. <laughs> I, I just loved playing what Mario uh Luigi's Mansion um last year on the Switch and knowing that they're gonna do a uh, a remake of one of the DS versions of it. Um so that's that's an option if I want to jump back into Luigi's Mansion. Um yeah, and there's just so many other things. Uh the Squid was the um Star Ocean um mm-hmm. new look. Uh, that one that's that that's definitely up. a purchase that I'm gonna be getting. So yeah, I, I would say as I as you're I definitely say, getting the Star Ocean, huh? That game looked awesome, dude. And it's I think so it had so a good. <laughs> yeah. And then just that the fact that it's uh you know, I like that that take on the combat. Like that was interesting enough. And just seeing just the visuals of those attacks, it was like raining damage on the enemy and those numbers flying out. Um just so, wait for the boss battles, AMC. I can't. I can't. And yeah, it just looks like it has everything that I would love. And I, I completely missed it. And as I said, I've been I feel like the switch uh, just in general, this generation, but the switch has been, you know unearthing a lot of uh you know classic rpgs and with that 2.5d like coat on it and i've just been absolutely loving it and so yeah um with this switch with this direct as i said my criteria is always if i can walk away with at least one or two games to buy it it was a success and this one had more than enough for that and so yeah i was pleasantly surprised it felt like i will say it felt like you know a direct like they like you know i like how xbox and, and sony it was like these are showcases so these are going to be bigger than what you would expect at a state of play or a normal like id at xbox like 
thing. Um, but I felt like Nintendo was just like, you know, we come hot with every direct. Let's just keep doing that. We're gonna have our our weird third party games that we're gonna sprinkle in there. Our our kitschy games. Uh, we got some Pokemon for you, and you know, we're gonna have some new shit. And yeah, you're gonna be excited. And I think it's exactly what Nintendo fans want. It's what like Switch Switch owners what they look for. And so yeah, they're gonna have that steady drip of uh, first party content, and um, we're gonna love it. So yeah, I would say it was a a glowing success. Absolutely. So you want to get to these quick hits, eh, Dev? Get to these quick hits, quick hits. Yes. So after a phenomenal display of what we'll be enjoying come September, <sighs> Todd Howard continues. He's he's basically you know going on the Starfield tour now, doing interviews, answering like the same questions, but occasionally another question that coaxes just a little bit more information out your boy. So. Todd Howard says only 10% of Starfield planets will have life on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a thousand planets, barely nothing on them. But first of all, a thousand planets, like, whoa. Second of all, a hundred of them are going to have life on them. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's more than enough. And that's it's very realistic. Because in space, all for all we know, it's just mostly barren rocks in one form or another. We've found some second Earth candidates that are starting to populate a list. But for every one of those, there are just hundreds of desolate rocks, places that rain diamonds and <laughs> methane, <laughs> methane storms <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if they're not just balls of lava or balls of ice or balls of lava and ice. But yeah, Starfield having a hundred plans for life on it, that's awesome. It's I'm I'm so pumped. Let me let me get some quotes here. Uh, Todd Howard says for us, we view it as giving you choices when you look at a system. Here's the many things you could do. And this could include visiting barren planets that are only there to collect resources or planets with major cities and settlements for players to explore and progress the story. Obviously, it's procedural, so there's no way we're going to go and handcraft an entire planet. What we do is we handcraft individual locations, and some of those are placed specifically, like the main cities and other quest locations. And then we have a suite of them that are generated or placed when you land, depending on the planet. Depending on that planet. Let me see. IGN goes forward saying there are merits to even the emptier planets, though. Howard said, as it all balances out or all balances the busy ones out to create a believable universe. I think it is a moment when you land on some of these barren planets. And again, we will generate certain things for you to find on them. He continued. But if you look at a planet, you see the resources. It has things you want. And yeah, I fully support this. You may just land on a ball that has nothing there. It's like, oh, but wait, let's get all this iron. Let's get all this tritium. Let's get, you know, let's set up this operation. I'm going to get one of my NPC homies to run the shindig while I'm out. Put put the adoring fan on the ship. I'm not getting adoring. <laughs> <laughs> not doing But yeah, this is awesome. It's realistic. It makes the planets that have life on them even more special, especially if you're the kind of player that will go and 
look for them yourself rather than using a guide and letting someone else tell you where all the interesting places are. It's like, oh, I went to all the planets with life on them and now the game's just I beat, the, I beat the game in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I get so tired of that stuff. It's Especially, it's so rampant in Diablo 4 with what's the best build, what's the most powerful build on the road, what's the best build, what's the meta. It's just get in there, pick something, make it work, and if you get to a point where you feel like I've done everything I possibly can do, I've asked questions, I've changed things, and it's still not giving me what I want, then do something else. But don't follow somebody else's words on that, man. Like, people need to have their own experiences. This game is built to just produce experiences in unique situations that you can only tell people around the water cooler through your Twitch stream. And Man, I'm just so excited. Like, I'm going to be going to these barren rocks. I'm going to try to land on every planet. I'm going to try to... I'm just going to have a blast, man. I've been looking for my space game. Starfield's doing that for me. AMC, how do you feel about this ratio of habitable planets to barren rocks? Um, Yeah, I said it. I, I agree with you as far as the idea of that. It's It's more realistic to... You know, you just can't have like every place you show up to just predators action <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're immediately like I mean, they, they, <laughs> yeah like they, they could make that game but they didn't want to make that game they wanted to they wanted to be like a little more grounded i mean it's a space game but like they wanted to be like a little more grounded as far as that experience goes that, and that that's experience, a punk. yeah and if that experience is going to be grounded that means like you know you're gonna get to, get to some places where it's just a big ice crater and you're just oh, and then you're gonna, so excited yeah and then you just you can go you can get the resources if you need or you can just you can scan it pass right by it <laughs> keep it moving and um yeah i i don't have a problem with that at all it, it if anything it makes those places that do have life a lot more special uh because when you get when you get there you're gonna start scanning like the you know the environment the different creatures within it figuring out which ones are hostile, which ones are docile, and then you're going to come across those structures. And I, w- I almost feel like what's good too is it, at least from my perspective, there's going to be people who are going to have an issue with it regardless. But, you know, like the moment they announced uh, procedural, you know, there was a little bit of the uh, the groans come in, like oh, mm-hmm. procedural, like it's mm-hmm. nothing's going to feel similar. But it's like, but he, what I liked is that he did address that in that maybe the journey there is going to be different for everybody because, you know, just the, the planet layouts and even the layout of the planet itself like the the planets that you're going to cross getting there may be different and then the layout on the planet will be different but then once you get to the settlement or whatever the structure that they said that is um going to be placed on those place on those uh on those i guess those areas of the map um then that part will feel similar so you get there that's going to be similar but the the journey to get there will be different, and so there's going to be some things about that. Yeah, so there's going to be some aspects of the games that are unique, and then there's going to be some things that are better shared that you can talk about and be like, oh, I got there and I ran into this, and that's where I got this key, blah blah blah, and people will know that. Um, but you can't say like, well, you're going to hop these five planets, you're going to go to Alpha Alpha Centauri Eight, and then you're going to you're going to hook a right, 
and then you're going to get there. Like, it's going to be like, you're just going to, yeah, you're just going to make your trip and then you're going to get to that planet with life on it. And then you're going to see that, that ancient structure and you're going to explore it just like how everybody else does on their run. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a good way to do it. It explains some of their tech and how it works. And, you know, it all makes sense, especially after having played like No Man's Sky and how they handled it. And they explained it. I, I almost felt like they explained it very similar as well. It's like, Planets are going to be different. They're going to behave differently. Um, and just because there isn't life, who like who knows exactly how it's going to work if there's like weather systems and things along those lines in um in in Starfield, because there was 40 minutes and there was a ton of that. But even then they couldn't get into every detail. So even the just the aspect that there might not be life on it doesn't mean that there might not that there still there's still a possibility that there could be some type of challenge of working within that environment as you get there. Because you're gonna have like I believe like you're going to have like your oxygen tanks and all that stuff. Right. And like, I don't know if there's going to be like planet pressure, gravity, things along those lines. So oh, there's definitely gravity things. And that's exciting. Yeah. And so there's going to be like certain... there's, zero, there's zero G like there's microgravity. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be the planets are going to behave differently anyways. And so just because it doesn't have life doesn't mean that it's not going to be interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I yeah. think that's the thing to keep in mind. Like they said that they won't have life. They didn't say that there wouldn't be living things on them. If it sounds the same, but it's different. Where it's it's not like there's forests and trees and creatures all around. It's just completely desolate, but there can still be structures and people doing things there that need help or need you to go get something or rescue somebody. Maybe you go on a hole and there's some predators that somebody brought there, like crash landed ship opened up yeah like an invasive species. these creatures are just in a cave yeah and they're just <laughs> they're eating the rocks <laughs> in the cave <laughs> for survival and it's got fuel in them like, oh it's big positive fuel we gotta get this from my outpost <laughs> <laughs> like who knows i don't know i'm speculating i hope there's cool stuff like that i think like man it, this yeah it's so good it's so good i'm just imagining i'm hoping hoping i'm hoping that there's that there's different kinds of weather i hope there's like extreme weather conditions that's something that no man's sky did pretty cool was that you know it would rain and then a heat storm would come in and then the rain is boiling and you gotta go and get inside and get out of there or upgrade your your hazard protection like i i didn't see any weather patterns that stood out in Starfield. I'm hoping that it rains on some of these planets or rains every so often. Rain just brings everything together. I'm looking forward to the mist effects and hopefully we go in the mist and we see silhouettes and we go, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Bring out the heat vision. <laughs> like there, there's so many little things that I want because I feel like they covered all the big stuff without going into the minutia of everything that goes on on a moment to moment basis. But so far, this game is knocking out the park. I'm going to take every opportunity to talk about it whenever I can because there's just so many things. There are different biomes on the planets. Like planets have ice caps. They, they, maybe there's stuff at the ice cap that you want. It's like a rare material, but you got to set up your outposts in just these treacherous weather patterns and make your home in, in the most inhospitable place on a planet. So I don't know. Man. I mean, that stuff excites me. Yeah. Fallout, I'm all about exploring the wasteland and, you know, just living off the land, eating my food, <laughs> cooking my food and finding fires. My rad roach. Exactly. So I'm going to be doing the same thing to Starfield, but I, primarily I'm going to be blowing every pirate out of the sky 
And I'm also going to be, you know, hailing people, saying what's up, coming over for dinner, <laughs> all that, all that stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm doing all the space bearing stuff as I go to the the furthest reaches of the known galaxy. And yeah, man, I'm just so pumped. I am so pumped. AMC, you got any quick hits? I got, I got no quick hits, dude. There was a lot yeah. of, uh, there's a lot of acquisition talk this week, and so I, I, I stayed away from it. <laughs> the, the FTC is not having it. They're yeah, going. They call, they call it Microsoft. <laughs> they're, they're not letting this deal go down <laughs> without a fight. Yeah, in more ways than one. But uh, I got one more quick hit where it. Uh, this might come as a shock to you, AMC, but Diablo Four. Uh, newcomers to the series are horrified to learn <laughs> they must start a new character to play season one content. Uh, uh, horrified to learn. <laughs> so to be specific, to take part in the seasonal quest line, mechanics, season journey, and battle pass, you would need to create a new seasonal character, says one of the representatives at Diablo. I mean, the guy running the show, Ferguson, Ralph Ferguson. Let me be respectful. A playing campaign with seasonal characters, if you so desire and need to finish, will also progress the season journey and battle pass. So that makes a whole lot of sense to me. AFC doesn't also make a whole lot of sense to you. I mean, yeah, I mean, you should run through it just because I didn't, I never got into the seasonal content, but yeah, it was something oh. I always remember you telling me. It was like, I'm running as a necromancer this season. Now I got a sorceress this next season. So I just like I didn't know if it was mandatory, but I just assumed because um the fact that you would always change it up every season and you would just yeah. and it would be like you'd be running through it and you'd be like, I've now like I've 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 met like I've I've met ma- like not mastered, but I've got a crazy build with this character. And now like and it's just like what is it like um uh, gone with the wind? Like it's like you just let it go and then you start a new character with the next season and then you have your own like and it what's great about it is it makes every season unique because it hey, can, was, I, it can was, I get you to pause it real quick oh, yeah, yeah. my neighbor is at the door yes uh, i am back we are back um <laughs> a, a dove neighbors came over to offer him some sage to remove the spirits from his apartment it was eucalyptus to freshen up the shower <laughs> Casey oh, that, that's nice Casey it, it was Casey nice to meet the new neighbors <laughs> <laughs> feed him real quick i got more soup oh, in my back pocket <laughs> but yeah that's, that's that's awesome it was nice to meet them so. yeah no, that's cool um yeah it's nice actually for people just like i always think about like um because like we're always like just like damn i don't want to like throw this away like let's find somebody to give it to it's so, like we've been doing a lot of like off i think it's like offer up or whatever it is where it's like free um mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just like, why am I going to get rid of this shit? <laughs> like somebody else. Or somebody could benefit. Yeah, yeah. Like just like add another thing to like the growing trash pile. Um, so yeah, that's nice of them. And it's cool. It's mm-hmm. always cool to meet your neighbors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, back to what we're talking about. We're talking about Diablo Seasons. Uh, people yeah. getting upset about, um, you know, having to oh, start a new character. Oh yeah. And so yeah, I was talking about like, <laughs> like at least from my experience from you playing the Seasons and you always playing as a new character. What I enjoyed about it was like it seemed like every season was unique from that aspect. Like because what I guess what makes this, the seasons unique is the gift. If you're just focusing on the reward, but the fact that mm-hmm. you play as a new character every time, 
especially if you fix if you change it up every time and plays a different class it does give like every season um one an, an opportunity to try out something different as far as like a different class but then it also just makes them unique in their own way because you're just like oh, i remember season nine i was i was running as the necromancer season 10 though i broke out the monk and i was running those 100 hit combos um and so yeah things along those lines so i always like kind of like that aspect but um i mean as somebody who's experienced it what, how, did, how did you take it as like doing each season and playing as a new character? I love seasons, man. It's I feel like maybe maybe it's a matter of perspective with how people perceive the what you need to do to get into a season. Like it's less about oh I have to start a new character. It's more of this is a way for us to put you in an instance of the game where your account information has been wiped and you can start from scratch. Uh, like wiped just in the sense that like all the things that you gained and most of the things that you unlocked are gone. But instead, like you, you can skip the campaign and, and there's just certain things that are act. So you're, you're starting the game in the end game and you're building up from there. Uh, once you're in season, like you can start and play as many characters as you want. So it's not like you need to just focus in. on one particular character or anything. And then everything you do in the season gets dumped back into your account in the eternal realm. So you'll get all those items and all those things you crafted. Your characters will now be in the eternal realm and you can continue them there if you want to. So seasons it in Diablo 3, they were an excellent way to just get a fresh taste of the game, but with a little head start and a little boost to get you going. Now, people continually compare three to four, which doesn't really encapsulate what's going on with where both of those games were in their life cycles. Like they're comparing three after a decade of content updates and expansion to new classes and all kinds of quality of life features to four, which just came out like three weeks ago. So four is going to undergo its own transformation with its additional expansions and quality of life fixes, uh, notably the seasonal content that'll be coming and whatever comes along with that. But like four is just structured differently than three. Three got to a point where you could max level a character in a day. <laughs> so you just level one, level 70 one day. If you just sat there and played nothing but Diablo all day, you could do that. Whereas with four, like I'm 175 hours in at least, almost 200 hours, and I'm at level 85 of 100. But this is where the differences begin because even though it takes longer with Diablo four to take a character to that max level, it's, it's not some like infinite <laughs> infinite chase of the next paragon level there's a finite number of paragon points like there's an end point to your build whereas with diablo 3 once you hit paragon that was unlocked for all your characters and you can just keep drilling on your max characters to paragon 1000 paragon 2000 and you're just getting these points to go to nothing but your your vitality and your and your primary skill whereas with four like you're from level one to 100, you're building a character. And because of how long an individual character takes, I'll probably finish up my first character by the time seasons roll around. 
or sometime earlier, maybe in the next few weeks, who knows? Depends on how these levels come out as I level up, do some higher level nightmare dungeons. But like in Diablo 3, like I could run through the entire roster in the course of a week. In Diablo 4, I could I could only do that with one character over the course of several weeks. So when I go into season one, not only do I get to start a new character, it's a character that I haven't played before in this game. So I get to spend that whole time replaying the game with this extra layer of rewards from the season journey, as well as the battle pass, as well as whatever the season theme is, whatever new legendary aspects and items that they drop into the game to go in with that, whatever tweaks and balances they made, whatever major issues they've been working on to rectify in that meantime. So it's like, it's, it's like just getting a title update. <laughs> playing the hell out of that and then a lot of that coming back into the main game that you can continue to drill on with your original character or now your new character and then next season I start, start another new character and it's just what the the big thing about Diablo 4 that I don't think a lot of people see because they either want to do all the side content first which I think is a horrible decision or they don't want to up the world tier because oh, you know I don't, I don't want to get sweaty. <laughs> so, what people are missing is that there are so many ways in which you can layer the game's reward systems atop one another that it just becomes this overwhelmingly rewarding, like fast track to leveling your character up, gearing your character up, taking on bigger challenges, getting access to things and just knocking things out at a higher level. If you really pay attention to the systems and things that the game has like it's people just keep looking for the negative when it's like yo they're giving you more stuff more things to do more more freshness <laughs> that new hotness amc how do you feel about how would you feel about starting another character for the season like are you going to get into the seasonal content yeah Diablo i do plan War? on it but i i am one of those people like i'll probably play through the um through the campaign before I touch the season stuff, so who knows how long that's going to take me. But well, I also you have to. Yeah. Oh, you do? Because okay. you can't play season unless you complete the campaign. I think oh, that's yeah. a good move. Yeah. <laughs> and I I personally, I don't mind like if I were to like miss like the first like season or two, because if I know anything about like Diablo 4 based on Diablo 3 is that we are going to be getting seasons in perpetuity <laughs> until mm -hmm. the next Diablo game. And so, like, I mean, Diablo the, the, the season twenty eight. Yeah, and I think that's like the thing that people like. They never, they always lose sight of the big picture. It's always in the moment, so it's like, oh, I didn't get early access, so now I can't like get my name on this statue, or oh, I'm gonna miss out on this thing, and blah blah blah. So it's unfair to the people who are gonna miss out on it. Mm -hmm. But it's like there's gonna be so many seasons that you're not gonna care if you're unless you're that one person. Um, but you're not going to care if you miss like one or two seasons and odds are, you're not going to play every season of the game. If like you have other, if just other games are, are around and taking your, your time away, you're going to miss a season here and there. So it's like the, the over, so people to overreact, like, uh, um, because like they might think like, oh, this is like, I haven't gotten through the campaign yet. So I'm going to miss the season, blah, blah, blah. The yeah. game just came out. Um, 
I think it's battle like, pass. Yeah, it's like once again, like like what I was joking about when we first started the episode, which is like this idea of FOMO, and it's like it's very much they blame it on developers because they feel like the developers try to you know play on the consumers, which they probably do. Like they they to an extent, yeah, to an extent. But then people act like they have no agency. Which is yeah, the, the other side of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, that's the other side of it is like, yes, they might be appealing to your FOMO, but you can also say, yeah, no, nah, I can wait four days to play this game. I don't need to play. Or, hey, I guess I'm going to miss that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's, <laughs> I, you're going to be playing a million other games. You're not going to, like, if you're going to be worried about that, that one set armor or whatever, like, <laughs> then like that you're like, there's there are bigger issues that you need to deal with personally. Like when I'm playing this game every day, several hours a day, the last thing I'm thinking about are all of the cosmetic rewards that I could have gotten if I played the betas yeah, or the server yeah, slam yeah. <laughs> or yeah, going exactly. to KFC or watch Twitch streams. Like, exactly and so i think that's like the uh so for me it's like it's not a big deal at all if i miss out it and for the people who are complaining as i said it's like look at it big picture there's gonna be so many seasons yes you might miss out on a little bit of content but who's to say that 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 season that they dropped in season one is the only good content that they will ever drop in a season <laughs> like you're gonna be getting content on content on content and so yeah, and the game's just going to be transforming underneath your nose every yeah. four months. <laughs> and you still, uh, it's a little different. I'm still boring. Uh, yeah. Microtransactions. <laughs> and then a few seasons later, it's like, wait a minute, when did Diablo 4 get good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Always it's also, been good. It just grew on you. Yeah. And I think it's also just like it plays into like that feeling also where people, they want to get OP and then they want to remain OP. And so the idea from needing to start from scratch um, is like, oh, but all that hard work. It's like, well, one, you still have that character, but also it's yeah. like what keeps the game fresh is like <laughs> playing as new characters and starting over from scratch and rebuilding. And they did such a good job with this skill tree that like, even if you play as a different same character, um, if you still play as the same class, you can do a completely different, different build. build and your, your character can... <laughs> behave completely differently from how you played when you built your character during the campaign. So there are ways to still keep it fresh while doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think it's, there's no issue with it at all. And as we also discussed, you could just choose to completely not participate in the seasons and then you would not have this issue at all. <laughs> so, so AMC, we got, yeah. we got some comments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm pulling this from IGN's article about it. And somebody tweeted, I'm a new Diablo player and a new dad. I only have maybe an hour a day to game, if that. So my current character is only level 11. You're saying I should basically not even play this game then, right? <laughs> like, dude, you still have the game that you want to play. Yeah. Like, do you think people... Even you, uh, you put in two hundred hours into this game without even touching a season. Yeah, but I don't. I don't have a child. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just saying how much content there is in the game without oh, participating yeah. in the seasons. I still have dungeons to complete, side yeah. quests to complete. <laughs> I still have loot to find. Still got fifteen levels to go up. Like uh -huh. I, I, I have no intention of abandoning my character until I hit level one hundred. At which point. I will start another character of another class. <laughs> and after and then, in like 300 hours into the game. <laughs> and then even with, and like you said, even with seasons, even if you played the same character, 
different build, baby. It might be time for the fire sorcerer. I might, I might. So I did Elsa from Frozen. I also want to do the destroyer from uh, what is that? Is that Dragon Age? It can't be Dragon Age. No, I think it's the Dota 2 anime. I want to make the destroyer. She's just this embodiment of flame. She's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, make that. I'm gonna try to make a Princess Mononoke thing with the druid and the wolves. <laughs> there's just ideas there's different things you could do like i want to i don't just want to experience every class i want to experience every pure build so ice this fire that shadow poison corpses bone spear whirlwind like i want to experience all the pure builds put my own spin on them then you know what happens after that amc then I started getting original and mixing stuff up. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I get a thousand hours. Well, I'm gonna get a thousand hours just out of trying to get every class to level one hundred. <laughs> I mean, you take that and then you think there's at least three, maybe four builds for each character. Probably three, three minimum. So that's what six hundred hours per character. There's fifty. Uh, three thousand hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easily. Jesus, <laughs> watching me, <laughs> watch me do it. <laughs> let me see. Let me get a. Let me get another kind. Of, oh, my man Ferguson replied to that. He was like, "No, you should definitely play the new season mechanics and features come after the campaign is complete. So you should focus on completing it now, so you can just skip it when the season starts, since you only ever need to complete the campaign once." And see, another person says, gotta be honest, as a new player, I don't see myself grinding like this again. <laughs> if I have to start from scratch for season one, I'm likely done maining Diablo. And I know there's a ton of people in the same boat. I care about my current character. I just say, fuck it if I lost, if I lost them. <laughs> so this is the misconception about seasons that I was kind of hinting at earlier, where pe I think people don't understand how seasons work. And they think that whatever characters you have now in the internal realm are gonna get wiped. <laughs> and then you gotta start from scratch all over again. <laughs> and that that's not how it works. I mean, if, if anything, seasons just add to the gameplay because the characters, everything you found, all the time you spent, everything you earned, I imagine if you uncover or discover or complete things in season that you didn't complete, in the eternal realm, all that gets dumped into the eternal realm at the end of the season. So you're going to have those characters that those items and you, Hey, you may even found some things in season that you haven't found in the eternal realm. And then when season's over, that just comes over. You can put it on your characters, try a new build, try a new synergy. It's, it's a good time. It's, it's seasons are, among the best things that have been added to the Diablo formula. And I think people should, you know, ask questions, don't have a knee-jerk reaction, and just, like, celebrate in this greatness. Because I, I'm, we all know that Blizzard is frothing at the bit, trying to talk about what they're going to do with Season 1. And they know that they can't say anything about it just yet. So, obviously, they've got some big plans or maybe just some interesting plans. And just... It's going to be worth it, in my opinion, to me. If it's not worth it to you, then I don't know what to do about that. However, I'll be fine whether or not you are. <laughs>
AFC, anything else? Nah, I think you you hit it all. We hit all the points. It's um, there's not much more to say. The game is phenomenal, and people uh, shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm yeah. about, to play it. about to play it right now. Worst <laughs> food. <laughs> well, yeah. If you got no more quick hits, you got no more quick hits. Nah, nah. It? nah. Okay, so this is Control Issues. Suckers.